Hello everyone, welcome to God's Internet Church, episode number four. I am your host, Pastor Ron Weaver. I count it an honor and privilege to be here on the air to help you. And I thank you for the response of all the people that's been listening um, on this new platform. Um, God's opened up more listeners than what I had on the other platform. And... And I'm glad that people are listening for God. And actually for this podcast total numbers of two different platforms is episode 59. But eventually we'll be talk not talking about the other platform. I may play segments from the old platform here we'll see but today on today's podcast we're going to talk about a better tomorrow and then we're going to do our prayer group request segments and the only one I still got on the list so far is my dad and he don't go to the doctor next week until next week so until I hear more that's who we're going to be praying for um then for our God Teaches Us in Different Way segment, we're going to be learning about a, vis- a story about being a vis- invisible and alone. And then we'll go to our closing remarks. Let's open up in prayer. Before we go to our Bible study. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to take a call of Heaven's altar and anoint these lips of clay. Let everything I say be what you want and not what we want, Lord. Lord, teach us through this Bible story. Teach us through these, you know, teach us in different ways segment with that story, Lord. Teach us and help us start using it for your glory and in our lives. We ask you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you got your Bibles with you, I want you to open them up to the book of Isaiah chapter number 61 and we're going to look at verse 3 the book of Isaiah chapter number 61 and we're going to look at verse 3 and it says to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes and oil of joy for mourning the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified now the name of this Bible study today is called a better tomorrow alright now in other words I know we're talked about not saying tomorrow we're only talk about now and then now here and now that is true but you know sometimes to get out of a situation we gotta remind ourselves that tomorrow is a new day a new day given to us and we have a choice a choice of how to handle 
our next day. It's also been said, don't borrow trouble from the next day. In other words, live for today, but also realize that tomorrow is new and refresh. All right? Now, this scripture here tells us in verse 3, we've got a couple things to look. So let's go to the book of Psalms, chapter number 30. The book of Psalms, chapter 30. And we're going to look at verse 11. For the first thought that this verse is sharing. It says, Thou hast turned for, for me my mornings in due dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloths and gritted me with gladness. So what is this telling us here? This is telling us if we go and let God be God and we turn to God's way, God is with us. Okay? He's there with us. This is what this is going at. But we got to choose to realize that God is with us, okay? And we got to choose to realize that tomorrow is a new day. And we got to make a choice when we open our eyes to turn to God with our problems, with our trials, with our storms, with our sicknesses, with our financial problems, with our job problems, with our car problems, with our kids problems, with our relationship problems. If they're not all going good, we need to go and the next day start a new day and make sure we are right with God to help us through. Because the Bible actually tells us, and I think this is why, not to go to bed on your raft. Now, I know that a lot of people use that scripture about their wives or their boyfriends or their girlfriends or their their kids, but mainly about husband and wives. It's not just about that. You have a friend or a brother or a sister or a mother or a dad or a wife or a girlfriend or an aunt or the cousin or so on and so on and so on I could name or best friends that are like brothers to you sometimes we get hurt but it's best to deal with the hurt because tomorrow is a new day because the next day it may not be time you may be dead and gone or that person might be dead and gone because we are not promised tomorrow but what we need to do is be on the same page and say, yes, you hurt me. But we don't got much time left in this day. I'm going to forgive you. Because I don't want to be alone tomorrow. If I wake up and say, you died or you be alone. And not be able to fix what we have. And that's happened to so many people I know in my life. Especially my mother-in-law. Her father Something happened personal in the family, and I'm not going to talk about it because I'm not got permission to talk about it. And her father knew about it. She didn't. She found out about it when the time he was on his deathbed. Instead of getting closure and getting mad like some people would today and confront him, she didn't want him hurting when he was dying or upset that 
he did what he did. So she let it go. Now, it was nothing he did to her. It was something he knew about and didn't tell her. And that's all I'm going to say. All right? So she died. He died with her having no closure. And she died having no closure with that. But she chose that. Okay? She chose to have a better tomorrow. By not hurting her, da her dad. Okay? And what happened affected a lot of people. And what happened affected a lot of relationships. And let me tell you something. And it's some of them still hasn't been repaired like they should be. Because people are holding on to it. And holding on to it each day. Instead of starting over. Alright. So what does it say? We got to choose to wake up no matter how we feel. If we're still angry, if we're still mad, we lost someone, we're grieving, we got to choose that tomorrow is a new day and we're going to live it with the joy of the Lord with everything that's going on and God's going to help us. That's the way we got to live it. Now, what was the second thought here? Second scripture, John 15, 8. The book of John, chapter number 15, and verse 8. John 15, verse 8. Hallelujah. John 15, verse 8. And it says, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. But this is telling us that tomorrow is a new day. And with this knowledge, we got to be ready to bear fruit. We got to be ready to change the sins that we know that we've done. We got to be ready to change the sins that God showing you that you've done maybe you didn't know. And he wants you to change the sins that you willfully did and knew about. And if he's dealing with you, he's trying to tell you, hey, you're not promised tomorrow. Now, most of us go to bed, we wake up the next morning. But that don't mean that we are going to be waking up the next morning. We could be called away as a thief in the night in the, in the rapture. And if you didn't deal with those sins like God wanted you to or you didn't try you probably will be left behind. If you have sin in your life and you're not dealing with it and he's trying to get you to do it, you will be left behind. If you die with sins in your life and that maybe that you're not trying to deal with because we are a work in progress. If we're trying not to do those sins and we give in every once in a while, I'm not saying that we got the right to keep on doing the sin. We don't. But if God see that you're trying not to do it, you'll possibly get into heaven and will get to heaven. But if you're de dealing with a sin and you keep on doing that sin, you will not get into heaven. And let me tell you something, saints. That is sad. That is very, very 
very sad. I know somebody that married another, you know, they both lost their, their spouses and they, they got married and one of the spouses wouldn't forgive the old spouse that passed away. And the other spouse, new spouse said to the, her spouse said, if you don't forgive that person, you will not make it to heaven. The sad thing is, she's doing, that spouse is doing the exact same thing at this time with her old spouse and with that person's past with her family. And we're worried that this person will make it in. We got to work on these things. We just can't continue to be angry. He wants you to know that tomorrow's a new day. But if you want to make it into heaven, you got to bear fruit. And to bear fruit, you got to start living by the word of God and God's testimony. And that's how we bear fruit on a daily basis. So what have we learned here with these two thoughts about a better tomorrow? We learned, one, we want better relationship with our with our family, our friends, our acquaintances. We want a better relationship with God. Or we just want a better tomorrow with our storms of life. We've got to go to God and let him start taking care of and dealing with it. Then we learned that tomorrow is not promised to us. That we got to choose to have a better tomorrow by giving fruit. By going to God and asking for forgiveness for everything that he's showing you need to do. And that's what you need to do. And that's what we learned today. Father... We ask you to go with us as we go to our homes today. Go through our days. Be with our family, our friends. Help us apply this word to our lives and use it for your glory. Help us use it for you. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me get a sweet uh, little drink of Gatorade here. at our prayer request like I said the only thing I have on the list right now is my dad those of you on Facebook if you listen to it when you're done listening to the podcast you can always go to the post is where I have it and you can put a post there about our prayer request or you can uh, post it on the different platforms that I'm on and I'm on Spotify and I'm on Hopper I'm on um, podcasts, um, Google Casts. I'm, I'm I'm on a lot of them, and there's usually spots on there where they're showing me where messages, and you can put messages there too, so we can pray. But the quickest way to do it is go to Facebook, go to God's Internet Church Group, and join. And I immediately will <coughs> hit the join button when I see it and bring you guys aboard. And you can start 
leaving the podcast stuff there. But if you are already with me and you're getting it, you can put the prayer request on the podcast. Um, the post that I did, there's a spot for sharing. and I mean, for comments and stuff, and I'll pray for you there. But my dad has an aneurysm on the heart, on the aorta. Um, it's small where they're not going to operate on it right now. Um, but they're trying to control it by blood pressure. But we want God to go in, either stop it from growing or let it disappear. So we're going to pray for that. And that's what we're going to pray for right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift my Father up to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just ask you right now, you are the great architect. You are the great designer. You are the creator. We just ask you, Lord, <coughs> to go down into my dad's body right now, Lord. Go in and fix what needs to be fixed. And let it come out the way you want. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We came to the part now with the story of God teaches us in a different way and it's called Invisible and Alone. And it's nonfiction by Laura L. Brafford. This is, can anyone see me? I wonder as I push through the jostling crowd to board a downtown bus for home. Does anyone even care about a 13-year-old girl who's all alone? Was I convinced the answer would be no, especially after what I witnessed a few days earlier. The crowd had totally ignored a drunk who stumbled onto a busy street and fallen hard against the pavement. From the bus window, I watched as blood began to pour, pouring under the man's head. But no one ran to his side. No one dashed away to call for help. No sirens could be heard. As the bus sped away from the congested transit stop, everybody was too busy to pay atten any attention to the fallen man. His body seemed to be just one more annoyance in the rush hour traffic. The gruesome scene made me wonder if no one cares about a day dying adult. Why would anyone care about a teenage girl sitting alone on a crowded bus? The daily commute between my suburban home and a downtown ballet school exposed me to things no young person should see. Cluster of homeless people reaching out to me begging for a penny. Drunken soldiers sometimes positioning me. Gladly dressed women learn ethnic against the cold walls of all alleyways. I could avoid being exposed to the ugliness if I wished to continue taking ballet lessons. At the most prestigious school in the, in the area, ballet has been my passion ever since my father died in a car accident when I was only a toddler 
dancing to the classic music Daddy had loved seemed to bring him back to me, if only for a brief moment at a time. But they were spacious, precious memories, giving me the escape from the heart-trending loss of my father. Sadly, though, the dancing had no ability to permanently fill the hole in my heart. Ten years after Daddy's death, I still left I still felt empty inside. I did have a loving mother, but Mom worked so hard to support us. I seldom saw her the long shifts. She works at a luxury hotel where mostly in the afternoons and evenings. So I go down into the dark, empty houses in my younger years. Grandma had always been home to greet me and my siblings at the end of each day. But when our grandmother reached her 80s, she could no longer take care of us. At that point, Grandma became one needing care, so she moved far away to live with her son. I knew my grandmother still loved me, that she truly cared, but just like Daddy and Mom, she was gone. A small child, I've been told Jesus will always be with me because he loved me. Back then, there were times when I could almost feel him reaching out to comfort me. It happened several times at home, but also on rare occasions when Mom had a Sunday off from work so we could go to church. Sadly though, shortly after I reached my teen years, Mom quit going to church services at the same time. The darkness around me was working <coughs> hard. Then my heart and allured me into thinking that my heavenly encounters had merely been image, images of a daydream child but even if Jesus had truly been there to comfort me in my younger years I, I reasoned that he also had left me alone, just like daddy, mom, and grand, my grandmother. The loneliness I experienced in my teen years felt like I'd been giving a life sentence of solitary confinement. For one, my sweet little hometown had rapidly boomed into a cold-hearted suburban refuge for a wealthy sense our fatherless families was poor and rich kids went out of their way to mock me like school days seemed like torture I if I've been a rebel like my siblings I had to follow their example by running around the wild kids breaking mother's heart Instead, I thought I could fill the emptiness by attending ballet classes daily and frequently performing on stage. When my ballet instructors saw potential in me, they, they started training me to become a teacher. While I felt honored to receive their training, my inner emptiness refused to go away. As I gasped for straws of hope, I eventually found romance got married and had a precious child, but emptiness continued to haunt me, terrifying, trying to gain relief. I pressured my husband to fill the void in my heart, but that strategy left frustrated. 
and our marriage carrying on the brinks of ruins. Having no idea where to turn for healing, I finally listened when a compassionate Christian neighbor told me, Laura, you need Jesus. He has been with you all along, and he he's the only one who can fill your empty heart. Our words awakened me to the truth that Jesus never had left me to wander alone. Instead, I was the one who left him. Once I realized how patient he's been waiting years for my surrender, I begged the Lord to forgive me and surrendered my life to his will. After I also received the Holy Spirit, I found my soul returning to the innocent faith I have had as a child. As my trust in Jesus grew, the emptiness in my heart gradually dis disappeared. And when I started following the Lord, prompt to respect my husband, God transformed our marriage with, from a nasty battleground into a loving partnership. What a joy to no longer be alone, to be adopted into God's family and guide my father to all. I wish I could reach back in times to comfort the only girl who felt invisible and abandoned. I wish I could feel the emptiness in her heart by telling her that she was never alone but I can go back however I can move forward I can spend my life telling others lonely souls that God is reaching out wanting a, to comfort them all they need to do is surrender to Jesus and dedicate their lives to follow the continued guidance of the whole his Holy Spirit What is this story telling us? It's telling us tomorrow is a better day. She had to choose. She listened to that Christian lady. Said you need to get back to Jesus. He's been with you all the time. Even since you were young. She had to get back to Jesus. She had to choose to make tomorrow a better day. She chose that. And her relationship got better with her husband. And her life got better. Being a Christian. So there is better days for us as Christians. We just got to choose. To do what God asks us to do. And how to do it. And do it. Hallelujah. God is good. And he's good all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what have we learned in this podcast today as we're getting ready to close? We learned that we can have a better tomorrow by turning to Jesus. Giving Him our problems and refusing not to be negative but have joy. The joy that He gives us every day. To choose to live like he asks us to live and stop the sins that we're doing that's what we learned here today and <coughs> excuse me my allergies are acting up we'll be back tomorrow for more and if this podcast 
is blessing you, I ask you to share with other people. Because I want to help the people of God. And I want to bring my lost and dying world to God. And this world is hurting right now. So we need to go to God. And have him help us. And he's got me as a tool to do this. Hallelujah. And if you do like this broadcast, join me on God's Internet Church group. Sometime this week, go to Facebook. Um, I'll be looking. Go to Facebook. Hit join. Type in the God's Internet Church group. And it's an online church. And I have people from all kinds of different countries and even America listening. And let me tell you something, saints. You'll be happy you did join. And and I'm willing to hit the join button. And eventually we're going to merge this podcast with that on Sundays. But I don't know exactly when that's going to happen. So I'm encouraging you to come to God's Internet Church group on Facebook. Type it in. Hit the join button. And this week I'll be checking to add new members if they want to. And uh, come. And (coughs) because God is for us, who can become against us? And you'll be able to see it. It's posted into groups. It's posted in the group. And we do it live from the group. Alright, on that note, I'd like to say God bless you, because they're telling me my time's almost up. I'd like to say God bless you. See you next time on um, God's Internet Church Podcast, episode number five. Have a good day. Take care of one another, love one another, and help one another. And God bless you, and be safe. God bless you.